Welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. This episode is sponsored by GameStrat. If you're in need of a sideline replay system, check out GameStrat. They have the fastest sideline replay system on the market and provide 24-7 support. And their system can be used with multiple sports like football, basketball, and volleyball. I know Coach Rodriguez uses it at East Bay and it helped them with the winning season last season. We at Lafayette are excited this upcoming season to use it and to put it to good use on our sidelines. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. So go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat underscore. Again, check them out on Twitter, at GameStrat underscore, or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. to uh, this episode, which ends up going to be our last episode for, for the year uh, of the Mesh Point podcast. Uh, we're happy to have uh, Coach Greg Webster of Springfield College here with us. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Well, we're, we're doing good. We're, we've, Tony and I have both started, and we're dealing with weather. I don't know about you guys up there, but it's been raining like crazy in Virginia and Florida. So, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to work around it all, but why don't you go ahead and tell us, maybe uh, give us some background of where you're from, you know, where you played, and kind of where, how you got to where you're at now in your coaching journey. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate the opportunity to come on here and speak to you guys. It's, um, you know, what you guys do on Twitter and the social media with uh, talking triple option and, you know, kind of connecting the, the network here nationally is pretty cool, so I appreciate that. And, Got to say, I'm a little jealous of you guys of where you guys live, Tampa, Florida. I mean, uh, <laughs> my brother lived down in St. Petersburg uh, for a while, uh, and then he actually went to grad school, William & Mary, down there in uh, Williamsburg, Virginia. So it's, Well, that's uh, where I'm at. Yeah, I'm yeah. in Williamsburg. Right, yeah, and I, um, you know, being where you're at, William & Mary and all that, those are yeah. just two nice areas that I enjoyed visiting uh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, not a bad deal. No, no. no. <laughs> but, of course, this time of year, you better have your rubber galoshes on, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no doubt. Uh, so just, you know, uh, about myself, I grew up right outside of Boston, uh, about 20 minutes north in a uh, city called Melrose, Mass. And then uh, after graduating high school, I uh, went to Springfield College uh, where I played strong safety. It was a, a pretty strong connection uh, between my high school and Springfield. Uh, both my head coach, one of the assistant coaches, was now the athletic director of my, my old high school, um, were graduates of Springfield. Uh, so, you know, they kind of uh, put the seat in my head and I ended up taking the, uh, the trip. For those who don't know, it's about uh, two hours west uh, of Boston, west of uh, Massachusetts. So I was there, player, played strong safety. Uh, actually had the opportunity, I played a fifth year as well. I tore my ACL when I was a junior. Uh, so rehabbed that and then came back for uh, my senior year as well as my first year in graduate school uh, and played. Uh, and then right after graduate school, it was kind of that fall uh, into winter, 
of my first year um, not playing where I started working in the office and then GA'd uh, that uh, second year there. So normally the kind of path because uh, of, we have a large graduate assistant program here. There are uh, four GAs on each side of the ball. Uh, and a lot of them, we try to keep it so it's uh, four, you know, four and four. So four former players and then guys from uh, other schools. So it's just not uh, the same ideas brought in by the same people. So, uh, and normally uh, guys would go away for a year and then come back uh, to get that separation from players. But I was fortunate enough where, you know, coach, it was coach DeLong at the time was the head coach, uh, allowed me because I'd already started my graduate work to, uh, to stay on and just finish it right through. So I stayed on as a GA and moved over to the offensive side of the ball, uh, coaching on the wide, with the wide receivers. Uh, so did that for a year. Uh, and then it was, you know, the following year, uh, kind of towards uh, that winter, springtime when all the uh, coaches are moving and, you know, all that stuff is happening. Uh, we had a former GA reach out to Mike Sarasolo, who was the offensive coordinator at the time, is now the uh, head coach now. Um, one of his buddies out in Indiana had just got hired as the offensive coordinator at uh, Rose Holman Institute of Technology, and they needed a guy to go out there and coach receivers at a restricted earnings position. So, you know, I talked to him. I talked to the head coach, uh, Jeff Sokol, who's still there. And, uh, you know, within probably about three weeks, I talked to those guys and packed up my car and moved out to Indiana. I was out there for a year, and I got to say, it was a pretty cool experience. I'd never really, you know, been out to the Midwest, been a New England guy all my life, Northeast guy, and then uh, having the opportunity to pack up and uh, move out there, live in Terre Haute. Uh, not only the coaching aspect of uh, exposed to, you know, a totally different offensive system, they were spread uh, going from, you know, playing defense to coaching triple option and coaching and spread recruiting. Uh, you know, definitely it's an engineering school, pretty good engineering. I was going to say, that's high academic, I know, yeah, man, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I mean, you're talking about kids with 28, 30 ACTs. I mean, those were um, those were pretty highly motivated student athletes, uh, and they were dealing with a lot of stuff off the field. So it was definitely a, definitely a learning experience as far as recruiting, recruiting a different part of the country, and then just personal growth, you know, getting out of the comfort zone a little bit and uh, seeing the Midwest, I was fortunate enough to, you know, Chicago, St. Louis, uh, went down to Kentucky, uh, saw a Cubs game, which was pretty cool. So it was, it was definitely a great year out there. Uh, and then, kind of, you know, flash forward, uh, fast forward another year, and that springtime, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, who is now the head coach at uh, UMaine, Joe Harris-Simiak, uh, at that time was a restricted earnings um, you know, assistant secondary coach at UMaine. Uh, this was back 2011, 2012, uh, and they had some movement on staff, and Joe did a good job up there, and, uh, you know, Joe pro was promoted to full-time uh, and uh, brought me in up there uh, as uh, the assistant DB. So um, myself and Joe, I mean, Joe, Joe was the year ahead of me. Uh, we played together and uh, GA together, so that was the connection there. And from there, I mean, I was there at uh, UMaine for four years. My first year, I was, uh, you know, uh, kind of the guy, anything that needed to get done with the restricted earnings type. Uh, that second year, I was still assistant in the secondary, and then, uh, you know, Coach Cause afforded me the opportunity to uh, coach the special teams as well. So I did that, and then within the last, you know, uh, three or four years, I was coaching the safeties and full-time with the, the special teams role. Um, so it was a great opportunity up there. And, you know, after those four years, I still stayed – we had a pretty uh, tight network at Springfield and still stayed in contact with, uh, you know, Coach C, um, Mike Sarasol down here, and uh, all the guys when we get down to the convention at Springfield night. So a pretty strong ties to that. And 
you know, Coach DeLong, who had been the coach for over 30 years here, uh, retired. Uh, and, you know, Mike ended up getting the job as a head coach. And I reached out to him. We had some conversations and, um, you know, interviewed for the job and came back to my alma mater and have been here. This will be my third year as the offensive coordinator here. Uh, that's pretty awesome, Coach. Hey, can you give us a, maybe a, a mentor or a coach you, you leaned on early on in your career? Absolutely. I would say uh, Coach Cosgrove up at UMaine. Uh, you know, I'm looking, this is getting my third year of coaching uh, when, I, when I went up there. And uh, just from the way that, you know, it wasn't an X's and O's thing. It was the way that he dealt with players and ran a program. I mean, I still have uh, my binders from UMaine from his, as far as head coach organization, uh, and just seeing how detailed everything was. Uh, and it's really helped me kind of, uh, you know, moving into this role as a, a coordinator and, um, you know, managing a staff of graduate assistants who come from all sorts of different backgrounds and, uh, you know, uh, different uh, experiences. So um, making sure that, you know, I'm on top of my stuff as far as the organizational piece. So that was huge from Coach Kaz. Uh, and then just his down-to-earth nature, too. You know, he, he was main football for so many years up there. Yeah, right. First year, you know, this is a guy who's going out and picking up the tables from the prospect day. You know, right. it, it, it was – I thought that was – he was pretty, you know, a salt-of-the-earth guy. And, and to know that, you know, a guy had been a head coach at CAA, had tremendous success up there, yeah. uh, not working with a lot up there. And, you know, he really didn't have an ego. And I, that was something that I really uh, took from him. And then uh, the relationships, too, with the players – and then, you know, he – something that I, I've lived by for a while is just attitude and effort. And he really instilled that in me in myself early on in my career. You know, I remember it was one game. I forget who we played, but we got our butts whipped pretty good. Um, and, he's, you know, he just sat down with the entire staff on Sunday and said, hey, this isn't about X's and O's or scheme or anything like that. This week's just about attitude and effort and measuring these guys on, uh, you know, uh, and it was an away game, away trip, getting back, and just kind of measuring where these guys are with their their attitude and effort. And that's something that I took from him pretty good, and uh, you know, still try to coach and live by. Uh, coach, that's that's an awesome journey, man. And then uh, Coach Cos, man, he's a great one. Uh, I I don't know him that well, but we we went against each other a little bit, uh, you know, for about seven years there while I was at Wayne Murray, and. Um, I mean, those guys at Maine were tough, man. <laughs> I mean, they were tough. Yeah, he, he coached those guys. I mean, he coached them. He loved them, but he coached them hard. I mean, practice, he was, yeah. you know, he was relentless with those guys. And, and then off the field, too, academically. And that's really, you know, the, guy, the guys at Springfield do a pretty good job at, at, academically. You know, guys at Rose Home, and I mean, that was a different level with what those guys were doing. And then they get up there, and there were some guys who were definitely high-risk academic kids. And, I mean, it was – you had to be on top of your players and know what they were doing, when they were doing, what the classes they were taking. You know, if they didn't pass in homework, I mean, we, we would have pretty uh, extensive meetings about the academics and, um, you know, just to get these guys through. And he, he, he came down on those guys pretty hard when they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. Well, Coach, you know, you're the offensive coordinator at Springfield – college and, and, I, and I understand the connection you know I haven't played there and, and everything for you but you know tell the listeners what it's like there what it's like what the kids are like what the school's like what the uh, you know what the environment's like there yeah it's I would say it's a very unique school in the fact that it is a, a sports oriented school you know it, it, its roots are uh, you know it 
basketball was invented here. Um, you know, Amos Alonso Stag coached here. Our uh, field after him, Stag Field, uh, and it, it was actually found as a YMCA school. So that that's where the whole uh, idea of spirit, mind, and body comes from. So and athletics are considered co-curricular era. And a lot of the majors, like I was a sport management major, then I was an athletic admin major. We, uh, you know, PE has, it's kind of developed. It used to be a big PE school, but I would say the exercise science and the sport management has really taken off. And, uh, that's pretty unique in the, the type of player you get. And, um, you know, we don't have a problem with our guys as far as getting the weight rate. You know, you got a lot of guys that like to get after it in there. And the thing with that is sometimes they're over in the team room, they get done with their workouts and then, you know, they're getting, they want to go do biceps and triceps and the meathead stuff over the wellness center. So you got to cut them out from doing that and you know, work on some flexibility instead of what your uh, beach muscles look like. So I, I think that's definitely a, a unique aspect of it. I think the leadership from the top down from uh, Dr. Uh, Craig Poison, who has been here since the early nineties and assistant AD and now is, the athletic director here, he's a guy who uh, I actually had in class uh, when I was a graduate assistant. Uh, he does a tremendous job with, you know, being very student oriented and the student athlete experience. Uh, and, you know, he doesn't say no to much too when we go and ask for him, which is great. I mean, we just had uh, our offices redone uh, within this past summer with, you know, the flooring, the walls, the ceilings, the furniture. So. Uh, we get, we're pretty fortunate with the technological advances that he's afforded us. So I think that we're very, um, you know, very blessed in that sense. And then when you, you turn over to the graduate assistant program, uh, where we have a staff of between the three full-time, uh, eight graduate assistants, and then we have two part-time guys who live in the area. I mean, it's a pretty good staff for uh, a division three school. Uh, and, and these guys are bought in and, and they love to do what they do. And then, the support staff would, you know, I know at a lot of Division three schools you wear different hats, and that's no different here, but the other thing is the, the strength and conditioning program, uh, which is uh, run through Brian Thompson, uh, and, you know, I'm not writing up a strength and conditioning program. That's done through the strength and conditioning GAs over there in the weight room, and, and they do a great job of continuing to develop our culture uh, when we're there, when the, uh, in the off-season with the voluntary workouts that our guys are doing, so... Uh, I would say that, that, and then the alumni network is a pretty, um, pretty big thing with us. And it's something that I, I definitely hold close to my heart being that, you know, all my good friends, everybody I, I talk to is from Springfield College. You know, I talked to a couple guys from high school. I still talk, I'm pretty close to my high school coaches, but those, both those guys weren't here too. So it is a, you know, it is a tight network when you get to that and, uh, I, you know, very fortunate that our alums do a great job, of especially either graduate assistants trying to get jobs in the coaching profession or, uh, you know, our players graduating and looking for jobs. They're always looking to uh, help Springfield. Springfield guys want to help out Springfield guys. So I think that makes it a pretty unique place to have uh, played and uh, worked as well. Hey, Coach, uh, you used to coach on the dark side of the ball, man, and draw yeah. the, the X's and O's upside down. Upside down. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what what got you over to the offensive side of the ball, man? Um, it was, you know, it wasn't really going over the offensive side of the ball. It was more about coming back to Springfield College. Uh, you know, um, me and Mike are pretty close as far as our relationship. He actually recruited me out of high school uh, when he was the offensive coordinator here. Um, 
And like I'd mentioned, both my high school coaches went here uh, and he was roommates with one of my high school coaches who I'm still uh, pretty close with today. So it was, you know, Coach Hollick has been the defense coordinator here for going, I think this will be his 38th year here. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't moving over. And, you know, as, you know, finally got to that point in my career where I was full time up in Maine and then, you know, I wasn't, uh, didn't want to take a step step back financially because uh, I started making some commitments to certain things and whatnot. And uh, oh, it was, it was an offensive position and, you know, just talking to Mike and, you know, he, obviously he is, uh, he's pretty well versed in the triple option being the offense coordinator for so long here. So, um, you know, it, like I said, it wasn't about X's and O's. It was about coming back and uh, being able to teach and coach here uh, and work with these student athletes, work with Mike, work with coach Hollick and, uh, you know, work with the, the graduate assistants. Coach, that's interesting. Um, a two-part question. Yeah. And, I, you know, and take your time because I don't think it's going to be a short answer. But, you know, let's get into option football a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So Springfield College has been an option team forever. 1986. Okay. Yeah. So how, how is oh, – wow. how is – yeah, 86. That's – well, okay, exactly. So how has option football evolved over – over the years there at Springfield College? Have you always been flex-boned? Did you start split-back beer? Were you wishbone? You know, talk to us about the history of it. Yeah, it started off, you know, and it was great to hear, because um, I mentioned before about the alumni who come and speak, and um, not only with these guys helping out uh, our players and GAs who graduate, a lot of the guys do come back and speak to the team. And um, Coach Manello who was uh, the head coach at King's College for a while uh, and is now uh, work, lives in Dallas, coaches, assistant coach at Dallas High School uh, and works down there, um, was kind of the originator. Him and Coach DeLong, uh, you know, back in uh, 1985, 1986, were the ones who – they went out to Northeastern, met with the staff at Northeastern, and that's where they put in – 1986 was the first year that they put in the triple option. Uh, and Coach Manello's son actually goes here now. Um, which is pretty cool. That's cool. And, yeah. Uh, and Coach Manello was roommates with uh, one of my other high school coaches. So, you know, there's all these inner workings with Springfield. But he came back uh, and he spoke to the team. Uh, and he spoke to the team. Uh, you know, we're fortunate enough to have a very successful season last year. And uh, he spoke to the team before uh, our last game of the season against MIT, uh, which with if we won, uh, you know, uh, we would finish an undefeated season, uh, win the first new Mac, and you know, feel like we had a pretty good shot uh, at getting an at-large bid, which we ended up doing. So to listen to him speak to the team about when they initially installed the triple option, because it, it dates back to uh, Springfield College was uh, Division Two up until uh, the mid-'90s. So in the 80s, they were Division Two, but it was a non-scholarship Division Two team. Um, and he talks, it was – I forget which school. I think he was talking about Southern. I think it was Southern Connecticut they were playing. He, he talked about they were running this old eye, uh, and this free safety came, uh, filled the alley, picked up one of their running backs, and dropped them on the side of the field. And he's like, turns the coach along. It's like, we got to do something different. <laughs> yeah. So that spring, they went out to Northeastern, and uh, they put in the wishbone, put in the inside veer uh, that spring. And he tells a story about – uh, the quarterback missed a read the first time they run it. Uh, the 
the dive key hit the fullback square up in the backfield, and he still fell forward for four yards, and he turns the coach around and he's like, hey, this, we're going to be all right. Uh, <laughs> um, and that's where kind of, you know, the progression started right there is, is that wishbone mentality. Uh, and then the other thing that, you know, Coach Manello installed uh, that still sits true today is the, uh, the culture and the toughness, especially with the guys up front and the offensive line. Um, so uh, we call our offensive line known as the Roach. Um, and he talked about, hey, when uh, if there were nuclear winter that happened, the Roach would survive. You know, and, and, and that's what – like that. Yeah, it was great. He talks about the roaches and the rats would survive, and the roaches got to win, man. Uh, it's that no non. A lot of um, traditionally, and it still happens today, where a lot of the guys who end up on the roach, uh, roach, he calls the twos, right? Too short, too small, uh, too slow. Uh, but they end up being pretty uh, good football players because of their mentality, of their their work ethic, uh, and what they do. And it's this whole thing within the roach you, they got this whole manual this uh, byline of how you get inducted into the roaches they'll measure you know they'll, they'll vote on roaches uh weekend you know on the they get this criteria getting them pinned on the ground and all that stuff so you know he started that back in 1986 uh and you go over a locker room it still says it says home of the roach painted up there with a big roach on its back so um and, and, and those guys are um they work their asses off and they, and they work hard and you got guys with roach tattoos on their legs. They get this big, ugly, dark roach on, on their eyes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 That's great, man. It is, it is. I know, um, you know, Adam fight, uh, who now is, is back with us. So Adam was a, um, who's a player with me. He was a couple years ahead of me, was an offensive lineman. He was a roach and, you know, Adam was a, a strength and conditioning guy and went out. he was, one of the youngest strength coaches in the country, head strength coach of the country at uh, Eastern Michigan, and then was with the uh, Carolina Panthers and came back here. Him and his wife are from this area, so they're going to get their uh, both their PhDs here. But you know, he's talking about when he first went out, he had this big roach tattoo on his thighs. He's getting his balls busted a little bit, but like he's like, hey, that's what Springfield College is about. Um, so I think that has continued uh, over the years, and it started off with uh, wishbone inside veer. Um, and then within a couple years later, uh, they were, uh, worked on, did, uh, put in outside veer. Uh, and then eventually, you know, it went from, uh, coach McKinney, uh, excuse me. It went from coach Manello to coach Anderson when coach McKinney, uh, excuse me, coach, um, Manello left to be the head coach, start the program down at Kings. Uh, and then coach Anderson went with them and then coach McKinney took over as the offensive coordinator. Uh, in the early 90s, uh, and then he was up there till 2001 when uh, Coach Sarsol took over as the offense coordinator. So you can kind of um, tie that line back, and every guy who's been an offensive coordinator here has played here uh, at some point since putting in, um, you know, the option uh, back in 1986. And it, it has progressed now. We are a, a flex bone team, uh, so we've broken the bone, um, you know, did that in, in the 90s there. But as far as Really, the, the base of what we do, I mean, we're an inside, outside veer team, and that has stayed true throughout the years. I mean, when, you know, when we need to play, we're, we're going to line up on a three-man surface or an outside veer, uh, and that was uh, one of our more successful plays last year was our, our play that we ran the most uh, last year, and, and that's what we, we, we hold our hat on. Obviously, you know, with, with your certain tags, 
and uh, you know formations with the unbalanced formations you can get different sets and uh, change who you're reading with the tag but it's been inside and outside veer uh, so you know when you talk about the evolution of it the evolution was probably broke the bone um, and yeah, yeah, I know it was a couple years ago, um, did do some gun stuff, uh, you know, and mix that with, uh, the inside and the outside unit, but just with talking to Mike, he felt like it was, it was just too much to practice. And if you're going to do one thing, do it well, and it's uh, get under center. We're going to run the football. We're going to coach these guys hard. The offensive line, you know, the roach are going to get after. They're going to get off the ball. And we want our guys to have that mindset of, uh, you know, a relentless work ethic and a relentless attitude. Uh, Coach, you guys led the nation in, in rushing last year. That gum, man, you guys are doing it right. <laughs> but if you were advising a, uh, if you were advising like a young coach getting into the flex mode, um, you know, we, a lot of times on, on on like Mesh Point Monday and things like that, uh, and Matt, Coach uh, Coach McLeod gets this question a lot, like, what would your base be like? Uh, so we always talk about like these are our top five or big five or whatever. What would you What would you advise a young coach maybe? Yeah, well, the first thing I would tell him to, would to be, uh, you know, get himself an All-American fullback who makes you look like a good coach. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Again, it's it's what these guys, these kids did, uh, you know, not what we called, but how we did it and the way these kids played on why we, we had that success. I mean, you know, Jordan Wilcox had a tremendous amount of success running the football last year as our fullback. and. Uh, it wasn't anything I did, man. That, that, that <laughs> made you look like a good coach. But um, so, but getting back to your initial, you know, question there, I think for us, it's it's day one when we install we install our uh, inside veer, um, you know, and that's our basis. Uh, we, and we've kind of evolved a little bit too because we've started running some more zone option as well. That's a big one. Um, especially, yeah. you know, last year we didn't run it a lot at the beginning of the year, but it started to progress because the end of the year we were running. Uh, you know, pretty successfully out of three and uh, three and four man sur uh, formation surfaces. So uh, we'll start with that day one, and then day two, uh, it's outside veer. Uh, it's some sort of inside right. You know, we're not a big zone dive team, but we're more of kind of a, a base block team up front uh, to and it gives solid play to get to the ball, the fullback, and then quick toss. Uh, and then we'll put in our, our midline series and then uh, you know our counter game. So those are kind of the first four days. But uh, you know, we hang our hat on. Uh, inside veer and outside veer, uh, both with the outside veer of running to a three, four main surface and running it to a two man surface where you're utilizing uh, both the, uh, we call them our halfback, your A back, whatever, you know, whatever technology you use, and that tackle to, uh, you know, base the five to try to work up to that place side linebacker. And, so, so, you know, making a little pass too, right? Yeah, right. No, I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When they get nosy, you throw it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Now, Coach, just real quickly, yeah. uh, I think, you know, one of the few first things that popped in my head when you were talking about putting inside veer and outside veer in, without getting technical and giving away all your trade secrets, are you guys changing the aiming point of the fullback? Are you changing the quarterback steps, or are you trying not to? No, we, are, we, uh, we do have different aiming points, and we do have okay. different aiming points. So I think that's why – you know, when we're when you're evaluating what you want to put in, how you want to do it, and what you want to run, I, I think like one of the best things we did last year, and, and none of these, a lot of these ideas that come up with are not my ideas. It's these young GAs who bring up, um, you know, bring up these ideas and want to input them. That we went back through 
uh, when we were watching Self Scout and did a, a, percent, a percentage of what we practiced during the week compared to what we ran a percentage of what we ran on uh, Saturday. So that we, we looked at, hey, you know, as a coach, you sit there and be like, man, I get to – if he's reading this and if they're doing that, get this great scheme, and then they come out, they don't do it or it doesn't work. And right. You know, you spend this time installing it and meeting. It was, it was amazing. We went, you know, one week we put in quarterback power. We, we uh, probably uh, repped it during the week about 14% of the time and then ran it once on uh, game day. And we just guilty. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, looking at stuff like that, uh, because of where we do change the aiming points and change the mesh po uh, mesh points with inside and inside gear, I mean, you got you got to practice that, and we, we do, right. you know, every day with our ride and side period, it, it's inside and outside veer, inside and outside veer and midline, and, and it takes it takes time. And that's another conversation, you know, just when I initially came back here talking to Mike about uh, when they went to the gun, you know, now we're doing okay, we're doing different mesh points with inside and outside veer. Now you're getting the gun. You know, it becomes a lot to work on. And um, yeah. I think even this year when, I, you know, going over the summer, looking at doing scripts and the installs, I, you feel like there's never enough time because we still want to, you know, make special teams a big emphasis. We want to go against our defense, um, you know, in preseason. So you have a finite amount of reps. Um, so you got to find out what you want to do and what you want to get good at and make that decision. Because I'm a true believer in that whatever you're going to do, as long as the kids believe you, it's sound – and you coach your kids hard, you know, and you got decent players every once in a while, it's going to be successful. Right. Yeah. I, I agree, man. That's when I watch army last year, that's what, that's what I think, man. Cause their, the, the, their play selection seems kind of really yeah. small, you know, but they got, like you said, the, those roaches up front, man, that yeah, are man, they, they get after it, man. They get after it. And watching, you know, army and Navy and you watch that game and we're fortunate enough where I know you talked to uh, Jason McDonald's down there, the office club. I mean, uh, me and Jay Mack go way back. I mean, he was his first year as a GA. I was still playing, and then we GA together. And I'll never forget the, you know, uh, the car ride we had, professional development down in Navy. You know, our first spring GA together um, to meet with Mike Judge, who's um, who's a Springfield grad. And, you know, we've gone down there. Uh, you know, every year since I've been back here, went down there as a GA, and they've opened up their uh, their doors to us. Uh, and just so, so thankful for what they had. They take their time. They sit down with us. Um, and it is great to, you know, just get that different perspective too, because we're very rich in tradition and, you know, running uh, triple options since 1986. But at the same time, you got to see what's, what else is being run out there. You know, what else, like that's the zone option stuff we've started to evolve to too. Right. Um, and, you know, it's that balance between running what you do and doing it well, but not, oh, because we've done this since, you know, for the last 30 years. So we're still going to make sure that we're evaluating that what we're doing is still sound and it's still um, effective. Uh, that's good stuff, man. Uh, Coach, going back to the weather we were talking about earlier, uh, uh, we, man, it seems like uh, the first three or four games down here are always like bad weather games. Man. Right. You know what I mean? And triple option, you know, you, you got possibility of three exchanges and um, things like that. I mean, you guys probably deal with some bad weather uh, up where you're at as well. Um, how would you advise, like, uh, maybe a young triple option coach to uh, have a bad weather uh, plan, if you will, and, and kind of how they can prepare for that, that bad weather game. Yeah. I would say uh, the first I would be go down to the quarterback. 
right? What can the quarterback handle? What do you think that, um, you know, how much moxie does he have? How old is he? You know, is he a guy who's going to kind of, uh, when things start to go bad and the ball starts going go on the ground, he's going to turtle up a little bit, you know? Um, so if you feel comfortable with your quarterback being able to handle the football, um, then run your offense. But run your offense with the idea of still having some, um, you know, some give plays in there so that if you're feeling like that, man, this ball is just going all over the place, you know, we're not getting the ball pitched, still have an ability to, um, you know, run your inside run game. And I, I think zone option too, uh, you know, if you because you can run it and the, it turns into quarterback ISO so that you're not worrying about the mesh, you know, you're not worrying so much too about the, if the ball's not, especially I think out of a, um, a three or four man surface running into an unbalanced set with the zone option. Uh, if your quarterback is a gamer, he ends up keeping the ball a lot, you know, you, and like you're bringing up army army in that game. I mean, they ran a lot of zone option out of that three man surface in the court. The ball wasn't pitched much right in that poor weather. Right, that was a bad weather game for yeah, sure. Bad weather game. They, they ran, I mean, they were running zone dive and they're running uh, zone option on a three man surface. So I, I think those, um, you know, those percentage plays where you know who's going to have the football, uh, I think that helps. And I think, you know, doing little stuff like um, for the playoffs, we thought it was going to rain this year. So we did, you know, wet balls during the week, right? You know, get, get out there and have fun with it, spraying the center uh, with the water bottles in, in November in New England is always fun. Um, you know, I think, you know, those play that can definitely help your preparation out. And then also with the mindset, especially with the quarterback of, Say, hey man, you can't worry about if the, you know you make a mistake or all this. You got to have a you know a next play mentality because once those guys start to go in their pocket, they're missing reads. You know it doesn't matter what you call it; goes downhill quick. Oh, that's good advice, right there, coach. Good stuff. Yeah, that's uh, you know, it's all you're right. You know, you, you, you want to lean on that guy because he, you know, he's the one that's going to be out there in the eye of the hurricane, right? So, yeah, I mean, that's, so literally. Yeah, like, yeah, and for Tony, it literally is. Well, I think that holds true. With it doesn't matter if like you rain, snow, if it's sunny. I mean, that's your guy. I mean, yeah, you know, you, you can put in as much as you want, but it's how much can the whole quarterback handle? You know, we'd love to be checking plays and all this stuff. If the quarterback can do it. Let's go. We'll check it, right? Um, but if the, the you know the quarterback's having trouble reading that, you know, you're getting a four eye on a mesh charge and inside gear. And run some midline, run some wide dive, help him out with, especially if the kid's the playmaker too. Right. You get a kid who, um, you know, I think perfect example. Back when I was playing, and Coach C talked about it all the time. Chris Sharp uh, was a quarterback back in 2006, 2007. I mean, he had he had like 35 touchdowns in a year. He had one game where he had like seven touchdowns. It was an unbelievable year. And um, you know, at times he didn't read it very well, but the kid was a gamer, and you know, Coach called plays that were played to his strengths of, hey, it may look like option, but it's really not option, and he's running with the football, and he's making a lot of things happen. So it, it depends on if you had a gamer back there and he's struggling with something, play to his strengths. Coach, that's that's really, really, really good advice. Um, and, and along those lines, like, you know, um, how, how could our listeners, you know, see you guys play, watch you guys play? Do you all do, like, any kind of, like, a live stream online? Are you on – you know, are you on – Yeah, YouTube? absolutely. So uh, – you know, all our home games are, are live streamed online. You can get them right on our website. Um, and it, it's, again, with the whole mentality of the school, the, you know, a lot of sports-oriented majors, sport com communication journalism is a pretty big 
major here. So they actually have, they have students out there overseen by uh, one of the professors here. I mean, it's a whole game day setup of sideline interviews and they get color codes. Oh, wow. That's yeah. cool, man. Yeah, so, and the guys over, and, the, and Brian McGoffin, who's our, our sports, our, uh, one of our communications guys, does a great job over in the athletic department promoting us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So you can find the streams uh, right online. And then uh, also encourage if any guys want to come up, um, you know, be it during spring, whenever, and we get a pretty open door policy. Uh, you know, we had a lot of guys from uh, high school coaches who run people from uh, New England come up last year. So uh, we got a pretty open door policy with that. Well, Coach, I want to thank you for coming on today, man. I really, really, really appreciate it. And uh, telling us about uh, Springfield College football, man. Yeah. Good for you guys and hope you have a great season. Yeah, no, I appreciate again. Appreciate the opportunity. Love to uh, always love to talk football, whether it's triple option, or whether it's the dark side, man. Talking about getting <laughs> blitzing with a couple of those two off the edge and a long stick, you know, uh, yeah. football, and it's a, it's a lot of fun and um, great thing to be a part of for sure. Coach, we really appreciate it, man. Good luck to you guys this year. All right, thank you. All right, buddy. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, you can download our podcasts at Apple iTunes. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good and maybe leave us some comments about some things you'd like to hear in future episodes. Also, you can download it on the new Google Podcast uh, application and on Stitcher. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple on Twitter. Our Mesh Point podcast has its own Twitter page, and that's at The Mesh Point. Again, on Twitter, at The Mesh Point. You can also find me on FlexBoneNation.com. I run an option blog there. We also have a forum where you can connect with coaches across the country. And I've just added a new uh, section entitled Podcast where you can download future episodes. All right, Tony, I want you to let everybody know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to Three Face Football on Twitter at Three Face Football, and uh, you'll you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. And it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to to get together and network and and uh, get to know each other and you know we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch uh, catch that every Monday, eight o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter, so it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear, like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, MeshPoint gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.